Hello and welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV with me, Toby Babb. Today, we are again looking at some of the companies who've made the listing in the Financial Technologist magazine's most influential financial technology companies of 2021. We're back into the world of open banking today, and it is a great pleasure to introduce to you Hugh Davies from Ozone API. Hugh, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Toby, and uh, thanks for the invite. So, looking forward to the conversation. Listen, it's great to have you on the show and, and, uh, and great to see another business. And this is the, the, the sort of back-to-back. I've done this twice in two days now. Businesses that have started right in the eye of the storm. And I love that story. And I love to see uh, you know, where, where things have come from and the navigation and the story of everything we're doing. We'll come into all of that in a minute. Um, you're in that open banking space, which I think is, is probably one of the most talked about areas of the last, uh, last year or so, at least. Um, probably a little bit further on from that. And there's loads and loads to unpick within that. But before we do that, you give us your story and a little bit about the business, if you will. Yeah, sure. So um, I have been in the whole world of banking and payments for a very long time. I think it's 25 years this year. Um, But yeah, I've spent spent a long time working for some of the the big banks for many years at Barclays, spent a bit of time um, heading up digital payments at MasterCard. my last proper job in banking was global head of payments at HSBC. But for the last four years, I've been in this, this open banking space. And as you say, it's a, it's a really interesting space with a lot going on. Um, I spent a bit of time at the UK's open banking implementation entity, where I was leading the development of the, the UK ecosystem. And, and, and actually, it was from there that, that Ozone Formed. So myself and, and my two other co-founders, uh, Chris Michael and Freddie Giara, uh, were all working together at um, OBIE. And Chris and Freddie were, were playing a really key role leading the development of the UK Open Banking Standard. So Chris is head of technology and leading that, that whole process. And Freddie is a lead technical author. And I, I guess Ozone started because we saw that there was a really common problem. All of the the banks that were implementing open banking APIs were finding it much, much harder than they would probably care to admit. And it is it is very complex. There's a there's a lot of complexity when it comes to so banks have always been sort of closed shops for very good mm-hmm. reasons. So the minute you deliver an open API that allows access to customer information and the ability to move money. There's, there's a lot to think about. And yeah, we, we saw there was an opportunity to, to help banks do this better. So deliver really high performing APIs that, that meet all of the various different standards that have emerged around the world and handle all of the really hard bits because it's impossible for banks to be experts in everything. So what we've done is focused on building technology that, that really handles all of the hard bits of dealing with this open ecosystem, dealing with all of these new third parties that, that banks have to provide access to, and all of the complexity around managing customer consent and delivering a great developer experience. So, so that's where, where Ozone came from. So we're, we're unashamedly a, a technology business focused on handling the real complexity of, of, of open banking so that banks can ultimately focus on what they do best, which is providing great customer propositions and great service around the management of money. And it's really interesting that, isn't it? Because I think there's been a, a, a 
sort of coming to terms with that in the banking world over the last you know last few years where where as you say traditionally it's been very very close shop and then all of a sudden over the last year there's been a recognition that they they need to collaborate and uh, and, and form partnerships and and bring in specialists to really take on you know some of that heavy lifting because you know in a, in a world that is increasing in complexity to to provide a ever more simple service which is what they're looking for you know every consumer is looking for as simple a service as possible and technology drives that but it needs real specialization within that and the banks i think have actually been this is a very patronizing term and i can't think of a better one very grown up in terms of their ability to uh, to partner and adapt with it i love the fact that you've spoken there about another business uh, and this is a big big feature of the list to have been involved you know at a user end or a, you know, a planning end and seen a sort of very real problem and said, actually, we can fix this and we can provide a solution and we can do something ar- around that. Tell me a little bit about the adoption, because one of the one of the issues for, for, for businesses traditionally, startup businesses in the space, has been the procurement process and the ability to move things quickly. You've, you've had that challenge with your target customer base, I, sh- I would imagine, alongside a relatively difficult time to start a business at any stage of the year. But but within that has come opportunity at the same sort of time for you, hasn't it? Give, give us a little bit of, uh, of colour on, on that and how the negative has become a positive. Because I think that's been a big feature of the show over the last year. And I love hearing people take a problem and recognise that within, within every problem, there's a way of doing things better and using it to your advantage. Yeah, it, it has been a really interesting time, actually. So I guess coming into this pandemic period, we'd, we'd already established the product. We had some great reference clients. We had a really good starting position. What One of the challenges, though, for any, any startup is working out the right areas of, of, of focus. And, and as you said, Toby, selling to banks or, or getting technology into banks is, is really hard. There's often long, complex procurement cycles. There's often then that internal discussion, right, should we do it all ourselves or do we use expertise? And I think we have seen banks go through a bit of a journey in this whole open banking space. Uh, early days, I think a lot of the banks wanted to, to build it all themselves. The amount of times I've, I've talked to banks, even last week I was talking to a bank who said, we wish we'd talked to you earlier. We just spent a year and hundreds of, of mandates building something which doesn't really work that well and we realized we we probably shouldn't be absolute experts and specialists in in this particular area for example around the uh, the consent management piece and the, um, the 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 security standards there are others who can do this better so we've seen banks going on on that journey and and, and there's certainly a, i think a recognition now in certain areas kind of stick to your core and work with specialists in really specialist areas and and that's what we try to be but one of the things we've done is is try to be really clear on our go to market strategy as well so closer to home in uk and europe we're we're really looking to work with a, a lot of the the the, the smaller banks challenger banks e-money institutions prepaid platforms because there are a lot that still have a challenge because they haven't delivered their PSD2 open banking APIs or they've done something inherently tactical that doesn't work and they're much more open actually often to work quickly and work in partnerships to solve a problem it's much harder to um, sort of establish those procurement relationships with with a tier one bank it's something you'd love to do but it, it takes some time one of the things we've been doing though is global banking is is happening all around the world and 
you have to have relationships, you have to have networks. So what we've been focusing a large part of our strategy around is being an enabler of other enablers. We're a really specialist solution around great standards-based APIs. We'll sometimes be much more effective being part of someone else's overall technology stack. So we, we often work with big banking technology enablers and they're taking our software to, to market. That's actually a much more efficient and effective route to get to the big guys. So in Brazil, for example, where open banking is, is going great guns this year, uh, and we're working with a really strategic partner, the, the first client they announced was Citigroup. There's no way as a relatively new startup we'd be able to do that on our own, but working with smart partnerships, you can get to different types of, of banks in different ways. So, yeah, the, 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 the whole sort of pandemic period, it's been, it's been tough, but it's been a great opportunity for us, actually, because... Open banking is sweeping around the world. Um, Brazil, Mexico, the Middle East, there's some markets at real key points at the moment. And, and we've been able, through working with the right partners in the different regions around the world, to actually grow the business probably far quicker than we could in the old way of working, where you needed to hop on a plane and, and go and have lots of meetings before you could form the partnership. We're having daily stand-ups with, um, with our partners in Brazil or our partners in, um, in the Middle East, all via Zoom or Google Meet or, or whatever. And, and we're working in a much closer way than we would have been able to do in the old world. So yeah, some challenges, but there's some been, been some great opportunities as well. I think that's a really interesting part in, in there, isn't it? Because, because you're absolutely right. The, the ability to scale, and I've seen this Time and time again, as you know, three episodes a week for the best part of a year, you're hearing stories all the time about people adapting. And you know, as I say, this big theme of, of a negative situation in companies turning into a positive has been fascinating for me. And, and one of the big things we've seen is just how small the world's become because of this, you know, because of this thing and how the ability to reduce cost from, you know, from travel very quickly. I think you know, after a quarter's worth of settling in period, people very quickly realise that there's an opportunity here to to transact internationally and grow and scale internationally. And the number of people I've seen who've, who've rapidly, rapidly scaled their international operations over the, you know, in, in the face of this has been, you know, it's been great to see. You talk there about sort of scale in South America, I understand there's, there's opportunity in North America as well. Tell us where this goes for you, for you guys and, and, and what it looks like and, and how that landscape and plan has changed over 12 months. And, and you know, because I imagine it probably wouldn't have been quite as international in your roadmap as it is as it was in february 2020 i mean it has it has become much more global i think in line with what we we really hoped not necessarily what we expected at the beginning of last year but i guess fundamentally this this open banking space it is a global phenomenon it's happening all around the world in in slightly different ways in certain markets you've got much more of a regiment, uh, regimented, regulated approach where a whole market is moving at the same time and around common standards. That's really the sweet spot for us. We, it, it's not the only area of opportunity, but we know, well, we think we know the standard space better than anyone else. The, as I say, founding team developed the UK standards that have been a foundation around the world with contributors to a number of other uh, standards bodies such as um, uh, FDX, the Open ID Foundation, we're, we're very focused on 
on standards and, and, and increasingly this is being driven around standards around the world. So what we're looking to do is identify where the big opportunities are and then establish the right relationships and partnerships. So Latin America is a really hot um, market at the moment. And, well, it's, a, it's a huge region, but within there you've got a huge open banking uh, framework being rolled out in Brazil uh, this year. Uh, Mexico is following quickly after. Um, uh, other markets such as um, uh, Colombia, Argentina, Chile are all starting to look at it. Canada will be coming next year. Middle East, you, we've got approaches already in place in, in Bahrain, coming in Saudi Arabia. Southeast Asia, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. Now, one of the things we need to think about is how do we prioritize and face this stuff? Because you can't do everything, everything at once. It's about trying to focus on the right markets and making sure that we've got the right partnerships so that we've got the routes to market, we've got the client support models and, and all of those sorts of things so that we can, we can do it really well. But for us, what comes next? Continuing that expansion. Fundamentally, we're, uh, we're doing the stuff that's kind of less sexy. It's not the, 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 the shiny end consumer facing propositions. We're helping put in really great API foundations. We want to do that in as many places as possible. So where standards-based open banking is being driven, we want to be there. But you get that layer in place and it, it allows you to build far more on the foundation. So um, we'll, we'll see this in markets like the UK. The regulation is the start point. That almost creates the start line of what's possible. But, but the market will start looking at and demanding much richer functionality within the APIs, whether that's extending from current open banking scope to broader open finance and broader product sets. And that's what we'll see in, in, in Brazil through to richer premium API functionality, such as variable recurring payments, which will be coming soon in, in the UK or identity-based propositions. All of these can and should be built on a platform of interoperable standards. Um, so for us, it's continuing to expand as the global rollout of open banking continues. And then it'll be continuing to build more value as banks and third parties are looking to do more things around those, those, those APIs, fundamentally building on that, that common platform of interoperability. So I, we're really excited about the future, um, both, both where and how we can grow and, and where we can take it next. I mean, with that excitement comes challenge as well, as well, as well right? Because as you say, look, the, uh, the scale of it is, is stunning. Uh, and, and I think one of the, the core aspects, again, looking back through the, that golden thread of all these businesses that have done particularly well over the last year year or so and, and really look to, to be exciting ones moving further forward. That golden thread is, um, amongst other things, being in the right area. It goes back to any you know, VC or investment company and what they're looking for. They're looking for a strong team and, and you guys have literally written the book on the, uh, <laughs> on, the on the subject matter. You're looking for a, a uh, an area which has got scale and scope and international appeal to it. And you're looking for focus and specialization and a product there that can that, that can answer a problem. Now, three boxes seem very well ticked there for, there, there for you within that. But when you're looking at something, with, you know, there are very, very few markets with, with, I think, the same sort of global scale and feel and opportunity and, and all of that sort of stuff that, that, that they're facing in front of you. And all of a sudden, that's been accelerated. So it's had petrol poured on the bonfire of, of, of opportunity for you. 
that discipline is another another aspect. And sometimes you can see people sort of uh, traveling too fast and selling too quickly and being the victims of their own success. And it sort of implodes from there because the, the, the sort of, uh, and this goes back to standards that you're talking about, the standard of actual performance of what they're able to do is compromised by the scale of growth and demand. And when you've got a, uh, you know, a strong sales team sort of overselling, and, and I've seen this happen many times before, many, many, predominantly in capital markets vendors, which is uh, where, where I see it, it, it being a, a common theme, really strong sales teams overselling and, and uh, development teams there being thrown a ball to catch behind it, desperately trying to keep up with it and providing very buggy, non-user-friendly uh, circumstances behind that. I know you, you've got a real focus on how you prioritise the right things and growing whilst quickly, responsibly and, and sustainably at the same sort of time. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy there. Yeah, when, uh, you, you mentioned their discipline and, and it's, it, it can be really hard, right? Because if you're, you're, you're out there and you're working in new markets and spotting new opportunities, and quite often we get working with partners and customers, well, what about this problem? Could you help? Could you help that? And and quite often there is a, a relatively simple step from the core of what you're doing today to solving that problem. So there's lots of shiny things out there. And it's one of the things that that we talk about at a board level really, really frequently, maintaining this focus. And, and from the outset, we've we've said we want to focus on doing one thing and one thing better than anyone else. And that's delivering these standards-based open APIs that handle the hard bits of open banking. Mm. It would and it could be very easy to get distracted. And we we keep us we, we try and keep ourselves honest. Um, I mean, we've got a really good team, actually, great team that have worked together for a number of years. We yeah. bring complementary skills and we keep each other honest and we have this conversation regularly. But you do need to keep having the conversation because there are so many potential shiny things you could get distracted by the other thing is what we've tried to do um, again is focus on in doing that one thing better than anyone else is is how you do it so in our line of business what ultimately what we want to do is really focus on the software and in that whole software value chain there's a whole bunch of other things that you could do so there's a huge amount of effort around of integration and professional services and support and all of these sorts of things and and we we also want to try and find the right balance of how we do that in the best way for the customers in the different markets and often that isn't by necessarily doing all of it ourselves and that's why strategic partnerships are really important Mm. so if i look at brazil or mexico or, or, or bahrain we we don't have the local relationships that our partners do. Uh, Some of our partners are providing a much broader technology proposition and have an existing support structure. They can do some of those things better than than we could. So again, partnering smartly allows us to focus on that core, which is doing this one thing better than anyone else. Mm. Um, And we work with them then to provide the right customer support models. So our partner may be, in certain markets we're doing it, in other markets maybe the partner's leading the the implementation and the level one and level two support. And we're really there as that that expert backstop to to help with the hard stuff. So what we're trying to do is is be really focused on, on what we do and also be really smart about how we do it. Now, 
It isn't. It isn't that simple. You always have challenges that come along the way in terms of different different customers and partners and markets. You need to then flex that model. But our philosophy is is fundamentally to to, to try and do those two things: focus on doing one thing better than anyone else, and trying to be smart about how we do it, and, and not get distracted by trying to own every part of the value chain because we can't do all of it the the best. So we want to do the really core bits better than anyone else mm. and then work with other partners and, and and other players so that we can be far more effective in, in how that gets delivered to to the end customer and the market i guess that underpins the uh you know the whole proposition that you're talking to your customers about in the same way doesn't it it's like uh you, know, you can't do everything to be the you know the best at every area so bring in the best to you know to support those those bits and that discipline is so, so important. How do you guys as a team, I mean, look, there's a benefit there that you say you've worked together for a long time and, and uh, you know, there's obviously clear trust with, with, with each other. There's going to be people in there who are the, the uh, optimistic ones. There's going to be people there who are the anchors. How do you hold each other to account for that? Because as you say, when there are things there that are shiny and opportunistic you know, in terms of region or area, or as you say, of professional services of support, implementation, these things can spin off into many, many different areas. The lights can go up and the pound, you know, the, the, the dollar signs can sort of roll in the eyeballs and all this sort of stuff when you're looking at that sort of thing. And it's and it is hugely tempting, right? How, how do you work as a team to, to ensure that that sort of uh, discipline's in place? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. So you, you're right. You always have different characters within within teams. And we've been growing the team quickly as well and will continue to this year. We, we need to to keep up with the pace of growth and demand. It's interesting. It's it, it's kind of key moments of good news and bad news where you sometimes really see those 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 characters come out. I mean, we had we had a piece of news come in a, a couple of weeks ago, which I, I, I can't really go into the into the detail, but it was um it, it had the potential to be a bit of a knock. It's turned into a real positive. But it was a Friday afternoon. I got a phone call. Had to um to call Chris and Freddie, pull together a quick board meeting, and I. I did think this will be interesting to see really how the personalities react. This could be a potential bit of bad news. And the three of us got on the phone and we talk incredibly regularly. And then we have the broader leadership team and we have the weekly team meetings and the daily stand-ups. So it's a, it's a, it's a tight, close team. Um, but actually it was, it was amazing. We will look there and went, okay, well, ideally we wanted it to play out that way, but there's an opportunity that, no one looked down at their feet and there were no there were no things being kicked, no tantrums, no we'll end up with a better outcome in this particular scenario. And I, I realized being a little bit vague here. Um, but it was one of those where we looked at each other and went, okay, this isn't what we were hoping for and expecting, but we've got to deal with it. Right. Here's one option of how it could play out. What do we need to do to make that happen? Here's another option of how it could play out. What do we need to do to get that plan B lined up? I say the end outcome, I think, is much better than what we were previously working towards. But it was a really interesting test. And I, you know, I, I think like most things in life, you just keep talking. We we get on really well as a group, as a team. We work well. There are sometimes pressures around just managing the workload. But yeah, we tend to talk about it. And, and again, so if someone turns around and says, I'm absolutely exhausted, we've had a really long week, I need some downtime we just manage around that and what what we've tried to do is just as i say 
keep talking. It's like a, it's like family. It's like a football team. You just got to keep communicating, um, and that's how we try and keep each other and keep ourselves honest. And and sometimes we do have to. Yeah, one one might have to hold someone else to account. And we said this, we're actually trying to go in a different direction. Is that really what we want to do? And yeah, it works really well. So yeah, it's I think there's I think there's a real premium and uh and and again, you know, consistent theme of, of good businesses at this sort of stage. And you know, I say at this sort of time, at any time, communication is 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 at the forefront of, of you know a great leadership team. And the ability to over communicate at this sort of stage, and that even inadvertently or deliberately, what you said beforehand is is about a cascade of information about daily stand ups. You talked about leadership meetings. You talked about yeah, regular regular comms. And I think if you can get that and get that right, and make sure all of those things are taught taught through, that's 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 proving, you know, absolutely critical at this sort of stage. The other thing that you mentioned there that was, that was really interesting was the commitment to to offense rather than defense to attack problems and say, uh, you know, wh- where, where can we find the opportunity into it? I've been there. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit abstract, but I've been watching uh, the Avengers movies with my, with my uh, kids over the last couple of uh, weeks. And there was, when you, when you, when you mentioned that there was just this uh, uh, one out of 14 million chance that Dr. Strange saw when he saw the outcomes of the, uh, <laughs> the, the final battle. And within, within that, I think if you can see that one option and say, right, how do we make that happen? And the, prag- the pragmatic nature of the way that you've been talking about how you operate as a leadership team, you know, what, what, is, what is the option? How can we uh, stare these knocks of which they're going to be plenty for plenty of businesses at the moment and actually say, right, how can we stop, pause, assess the situation, make the decisions that we need to, to make around it and make sure we turn that, that into you know, the, the power to move us further forward? I think that's that's incredibly inspiring and incredibly insightful, and a, and a great opportunity to take people further forward in in, in their quest as well. So, let, let's see uh, Ozone API as the new Avengers of this uh, of, the, of this of this of this world. I'm not getting um, one of those outfits, though, Toby. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's that tucked in the wardrobe just behind the screen here. So, so uh, let's uh, let's let's focus forward a little bit a little bit more. You've spoken about the sort of uh, scale of opportunity, and you've spoken about. Um, you know what comes next, and and all the all, all the excitement, and and uh, and how you prioritise doing the right sort of things. You, you've spoken about growth, um, and and imagine growth is a domestic play at the moment. But but t- tell me a little bit about the plans and and, and what the uh, what the next twelve months looks for, because look, you're you're on a list of the uh, the most influential and exciting and dynamic businesses over the course of the uh, you know of, of the next year. Tell me a little bit about what. Uh, yeah, what 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 it's going to look like, and 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 what's really exciting for you guys? Yeah, so I'll probably probably cover a, a few elements to that. So so from a from a customer perspective, so we're we're already live in quite a few markets around the world now. So UK and Europe, Brazil, Mexico, Middle East. We've got some stuff starting to to go on in North America from an implementation perspective. Um, so those 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 markets we want to continue to grow them so they're core markets so we're providing the services really well and underpinning the apis of 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 multiple banks in each of those markets so we want to continue that expansion of of customers and the delivery of really good high performing standards based apis and and start to to then think about where next in, in in terms of markets because there will be plenty more as this standards-based open banking rollout happens around the world, whether it's driven by regulation or, or, or commercial drivers. So 
continue to grow the, the footprint and the number of customers we're serving in those, those core markets. And that's number one. Obviously, that brings with it um, the, the levels of revenue growth that, that, that we're, we're planning and expecting. Uh, we have delivered some really good year-on-year revenue growth, and, and, and that's looking set to continue, particularly with the, the, the scale we've started to build in different markets around the world. So, so customer growth and, and revenue and really delivering the service well is part of it. I, I think with that, continuing to build out the team and organization. So um, we're uh, starting to become much more of a global team. So we've got, we've got people dotted around the world. Um, it's a very engineering heavy team, as you would expect being a, mm-hmm. um, being a software business, but, but continuing to build out the, the team and the organization and, and adapt and evolve the, 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 the culture and the ways of working as we grow. I mean, what you were talk- we were talking about a moment ago in terms of the disciplines and the ways of working, every time you sort of grow, that creates stresses and challenges. So we need to Definitely. be focused on making, making that organization growth uh, work well. And, and then with all of this, um, so as we're building out the, the, the customer base and scale and the revenues and the, the team and the organization continuing to evolve the the technology and the platform. It's an ongoing effort to be the best at supporting all of these different standards that are emerging around the world. And there's a lot of value add that we're building around the platform as well. So uh, working with with our partners and our customers to continue to build out the platform roadmap and build more and more value add around those standards-based open APIs. So yeah, I'd I'd sort of, they're they're the three pillars we'll be looking at, continuing to build out the the customer base and supporting more customers um, in, in more places, um, building the organization and making sure that we adapt the culture and the ways of working so we continue to be as, as effective as you can be when you're, a, when you're a smaller group and then continuing to evolve the platform so it continues to keep up with the pace of change of standards and ahead of everyone else and drive more and more value add around the, um, the, the APIs that we're, we're delivering to, to the banks and the partners. So I think they're the, the, the macro level headlines. We, and within that, you, you just got to focus on the fundamentals. You can, you can get lost trying to look too far ahead and you need that long-term vision and plan, but actually you need to have a real clear view on the fundamentals. What are the things we've got to get right in the next quarter? Um, where do we want to be by mid-year, by end-year, and, and, and across the financial measures, the customer measures, the internal measures. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what we'll, be, what, what we'll be looking to focus on. Hugh, I've, I've loved this. This has been a sort of masterclass for me in, in the sort of pragmatic way of looking at an opportunity and, and executing it in exactly the, uh, you know, the, the perfect manner. I think there's so many different things. I've been scribbling notes here, trying to look at the camera all the, t- all the time as I'm, as I'm doing it, because I think there's, there's so many different things that are sort of pen underneath it when we put this out that I think are going to be useful for people to be able to take away from this. And, it's, and it is literally zero surprise to me about how this is working so well for you and, and you're, you're growing growing the business i'm sure there's going to be loads of people who, who like me want to sort of follow this conversation on and, and find out a little bit more about the, the business as well what's the best way of, uh, of people to get in touch with you oh yeah love to um uh love to talk if anyone wants to get in touch um 
obviously you can find the um, uh, the website at um, ozoneapi.com. Uh, feel free to get in touch with me through uh, through LinkedIn or email me um, hugh at ozoneapi.com. But yeah, please do get in touch. Thank you so much. It's been an utter pleasure. I could be speaking for a lot, lot longer with you about all of this. Uh, but I know you've got a fair few more of these to be doing today as well. So a man in demand. And I, and I really appreciate your time and effort to uh, to come on the show. Congratulations on being listed again. I'm going to be watching this company with, uh, with, with all eyes focused on it because I'm sure you're going to go a, a long, long way. And I'm really pleased to see the success so far. So thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Toby. A real pleasure to talk to you. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, yeah, thank you for the invite. It's uh, hugely appreciated. Absolute pleasure. And thank you all for watching as well. We'll see you soon on another episode of Fintech Focus TV. Thanks a lot. Bye now.